0: Hi there! Happy Masterful Living. Happy Prayer Power Week 2. Oh my gosh! I love to be able to share about prayer. Prayer is absolutely the most powerful tool we have in our human experience. And it brings so much benefit. It's so life-changing. And, it's so completely been the tool of transformation in my own life, and I am so excited every time I get to share about it. So, as with the last week, I have so much to share that uh, I'm going to just jump right into it, and... I also would like to say that for those who are in Masterful Living, uh, at the end of our class, I'm going to specifically talk about some of the things uh, related to Masterful Living. So, and uh, the workbooks and prayer partners and things of that nature. So, you can save your questions for then. All right. So... We're going to tune in here to one of the beautiful prayers from A Course in Miracles. This one is from Lesson 189. I feel the love of God within me now. Father, we do not know the way to you, but we have called and you have answered us. We will not interfere salvation's ways are not our own for they belong to you and it is unto you we look for them our hands are open to receive your gifts we have no thoughts we think apart from you and cherish no beliefs of what we are or who created us yours is the way that we would find and follow and we ask but that your will which is our own as well, be done in us and in the world, that it become a part of heaven now. We take that breath together and we call upon the company of heaven and all that is holy. We call upon the ascended masters, the angels, the ancestors, to assist us in remembering the truth that sets us free. We begin with gratitude, so grateful and so thankful that God is, so grateful and so thankful that love is all that there is, that love is the beginning, the middle, and the end, and that we are born of this infinite love, intelligence it is every aspect of our being and our awareness and we're willing to remember this and to see that this is true for our brothers and sisters as well so we're partnering up with the higher holy spirit self to remember our true identity is that we already are the perfect givers and receivers of love this is the truth that sets us free So we're willing to surrender to make a holy offering of all belief in lack and limitation. All false identification falling away because we surrender it. We're no longer interested in propping up a false identity. We're interested in knowing our true identity. Free, whole, harmonious. Abundant and prosperous, creative, beautiful. Wisdom is flowing in our awareness. Healing is happening now. We surrender all resistance and all reluctance. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and minds to the truth. So grateful and so thankful to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we allow our healing. We allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. I'd like to share with you one of uh, my favorite authors and teachers, uh, healing presence. And, uh, his name is Joel S. Goldsmith. And he is a beautiful teacher. He, a lot of his writings are about what he called the infinite way. And he began his spiritual career as a Christian scientist and a Christian science practitioner. And in His book, Thunder of Silence, he he has many books in the book Thunder of Silence, and I don't have it with me, but I believe it's page 48. Uh, There's a beautiful prayer there that I often quote. I think it's so beautiful. And so in this prayer... Uh, It's very similar to the one I read, I Feel the Love of God Within Me Now from Lesson 189, Uh, very similar. And uh, when I first read this, it touched me so deeply. I just wept and wept and wept. And uh, I love to go back to it all the time. You may have heard me quote from it before. So he writes, Let us be satisfied to know that God is, and that there is evidence of that in the life all around us, in the law of like begetting like, in the abundance of love, that there is in a world as loveless as this world sometimes seems to be, In the immeasurable beauty of a world where so much beauty is being destroyed continuously. What God is, we do not know. But there are many, many ways in which to observe and witness the isness of God, not by knowing God, but by seeing the effects of God. We do not know how God functions. But in the infinite way, we have discovered that God operates in silence. When thought is stilled, and when the human sense of self is so humble that it really and truly believes that I can, of my own self, do nothing. And then has the patience to wait for God's glory to be revealed. It is only those who are ready to give up all their concepts of God to stop dreaming, thinking, and outlining who, in that complete surrender, can let God reveal itself. And then here's his prayer. God, I know not what you are or even how to pray to you. I know not how to go in or how to come out. I know not what to pray for. I cannot believe in the God the world has accepted, for I have seen the fruitlessness and frustration which follow such blind faith. I must find the God who no man knoweth the God that is, the one true God that created this universe in his own image and likeness, perfect, harmonious, and whole, who maintains and sustains it in its infinite and eternal perfection. In such a God, I can believe. Reveal yourself, Father. Show me your will. Never again will I dishonor you by trying to tell you what I need and then attempt to coerce you into delivering it. Never will I accept, expect you to do my will or my bidding to be my messenger boy. I place my life, my hand, my being, and my body in your keeping. Do with them what you will, Father. Take my sins, my fears, and my diseases. Take my health and my wealth. Take it all. I ask only one gift, the gift of you, yourself. Let's take a prayer, prayerful breath right now together. And let's make a holy offering of all the things that we think we need and think we want. all the ways that we have tried to coerce God to do our bidding and be our messenger boy, that we've tried to make God into a catalog that we could order from, thinking that our glory, our magnificence, our beauty, our wholeness, our wisdom, any aspect of ourselves, is somehow defined by things of this world. We're surrendering those beliefs right now. We're opening our mind to true humility, being humble enough to recognize that we are part of God, and that the mind of God It's something we're participating in, that we're part of. We're surrendering a need to make things happen. We're surrendering all needing and wanting born of lack thinking. Surrendering resentments and regrets and jealousy and blame and shame, all forms of unworthiness, all belief in separation, we surrender it right now. We're here only to be truly helpful. And to represent him who sent us. We're emanations of infinite love. And we declare our willingness to make that manifest. The perfection of divine love in the activities of our life, in our conversations, in our emails, in every part of our awareness. We're surrendering all blocks to love, to remember the truth, which is that we are already free. We are already pure. We are already whole. We are already prosperous and abundant and beautiful. And wisdom is ours. Creativity is ours. Harmony is ours. We're willing to know this not just for ourselves, but for all beings. As Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So have we. We're willing to be the liberators that we were born to be, liberating ourselves and sharing the benefits with everyone. In grace and gratitude, we allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. 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 The peace of God is shining in me now. Let all things shine upon me in that peace and let me bless them with the light in me. Lesson 188. The peace of God is shining in me now. Joel Goldsmith has a beautiful book called The Art of Spiritual Healing. And in there he talks about his realization that thought acts like a thing in our life. It can act according to its nature, and only to its nature. So, as we were talking about last week, if you plant a lemon seed, you will get a lemon tree. If you plant a thought of lack, you will have an experience of lack. You will feel lack, according to your thinking. In the fear and conflict section in Chapter 2 of A Course in Miracles, it says... In the final paragraph there, paragraph 9, my page 31, it says, It is hard to recognize that thought and belief combine into a power surge that can literally move mountains. It appears at first glance that to believe such power about yourself is arrogant, but that is not the real reason you do not believe it you prefer to believe that your thoughts cannot exert real influence because you are actually afraid of them. You're afraid of your thoughts and their influence. If you believe that what you think is ineffectual, you may cease to be afraid of it, but you are hardly likely to respect it. There are no idle thoughts. All thinking produces form at some level. Sometimes when I'm working with a uh, spiritual counseling client and they're upset about something, some situation or circumstance, some relationship in their life, I will ask them to just tell me what they think about it. And then I, I tell them, this is how the universe is going to respond to you because all thought produces form at some level. Because thought combined with belief is a power that can literally move mountains. This is what's going to happen when your thought and your belief combine in negativity. So, for instance, for the person who is having a difficult time at work, They might be thinking, I hate this. This is the worst. This is unbearable. And the universe is simply going to respond to that by saying, here's what that looks like. Here's what that looks like. Here's what that feels like. Because the universe is impersonal. The universe, the collective mind, the one mind, the subjective mind, the universal mind, does not say, oh, Jennifer doesn't really believe that. She doesn't want to see that. She doesn't want to have another painful experience. I'm going to intercede and and shift that. So she oh, she doesn't have to experience all her thoughts and beliefs. No, because she's starting to hurt herself. She's ruining her life. No, I'm going to intercede and make her thoughts and words not powerful. No, it doesn't work that way. Because as it says here in uh, A Course in Miracles, that basically in that same fear and conflict section, Jesus says to us, If I were to intercede like that, you'd have no way out of hell, the hell that you make, because it is your upset. It is the distress that you feel when you continuously think negative thoughts, thoughts of separation, thoughts of lack and limitation. It's that upset that makes you ultimately go, I I can't do this anymore. There's got to be a better way. So the invitation in this prayer power class is to begin to be willing to recognize that the universe is always going to respond to your thoughts and your belief. And when your thoughts and your belief combine, it's incredibly powerful. Now, for most people, most of the time, their thoughts and their beliefs are in uh, consistent conflict. So this is why the section is called fear and conflict. So when you're feeling upset and distress, it's, you're feeling conflict. It's because what you say you would like and what you're actually energizing with your thoughts and your beliefs are two different things. And so therein lies the conflict. The conflict is within you. So if you're seeing lots of external conflict, if you're feeling lots of internal conflict, the fundamental conflict is between what you say you would like and what you're choosing. If you say you'd like the peace of God, but what you're choosing is thoughts of lack and attack, then you're in a fundamental conflict within. And it's going to be showing up as your experience. I lived in this for so long without understanding it. I studied spiritual teachings for so long without understanding this. And what flipped everything for me was I became really willing to take responsibility for my experiences. And so this is why... We look at that section in, on Responsibility, page 448, in the Responsibility for Sight in A Course of Miracles. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience. And I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. Now, to the untrained mind, that seems crazy. Well, I didn't ask for my house to burn down. I didn't ask for uh, to, to not be able to pay my mortgage. I didn't ask for this misery. So the untrained mind is the victim mind. Life is happening to me. But as soon as we start to move into a prayerful life, we start to experience things differently. We start to experience miracles. Remember, prayer is the medium of miracles. This is what A Course in Miracles says. So we start to recognize that all of our thoughts, in in a very real sense, are seeds being planted in the divine mind. The more we believe them, the more we're planting them in fertilizer, watering them and giving them sunlight. It's extremely important for us to recognize this. And so one of the tools that I give you to help you recognize this is the invitation to do a divine experiment divine experiment. So in your workbook, there is a section on divine experiment. It's uh, page 277. Uh, Actually, there's uh, sorry, not 277. Um, It's on page 274. And there's uh, where's the thing? <laughs> okay, 275, 275. And there's also uh, well, 274, 275. So on, on uh, here's here's what you do with the divine experiment. You're going to pick something in your life that you'd like to see changed in the world of form, that you'd like to see a demonstration of your prayer work. So in the workbook, I invite you to write down, how do you feel about the current situation? How do you feel about this circumstance now? And. Is there anybody who is in the class now that has something that they would like to see changed, that would like to um, be willing to volunteer to be an example? Anybody, star two to raise your hand, if you'd like to give it a go. Something you'd like to see changed in your life, you're willing to uh, work with me. Okay, we've got somebody in New York here. Hey there. Hello.
1: Hi, Jennifer. Who's that? This is Kaitlyn.
0: Oh, hey, Kaitlyn. All right, so good for you for being brave. <laughs> you must really like to experience a miracle.
1: I do want to experience a miracle.
0: Good for you. Good for you. You know, and one of the things I'd like to say to everyone, when I was learning how to pray uh, and started taking classes in prayer and having prayer partners, one of the things I learned is that the person who is praying has the most powerful benefit of the prayer because you're the one that's most vibrating with it and most embodying it, embracing it, It's your mind that is shifting the one mind about that thing. So I learned, oh, the person who prays gets the maximum benefit. And so once I realized that, whenever they said, who would like to pray, my hand would just shoot right up. I will. I will. And even though I felt nervous about praying and I thought, oh, everybody else's prayers are so more beautiful than mine, and I stumble over my words and my words aren't very poetic. You know, for years I had a prayer partner who would say these most beautiful poetic prayers about butterflies and sunsets and all just fantastic prayers. But None of that matters. What matters is, uh, is your heart willing? And so I encourage you, whenever there's an opportunity to pray, put your hand up. I'll go. I'll go. I'm willing. So good for you, Kaitlyn. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to be brief, to be succinct. So, in just a sentence or so, what's the current situation that you'd like to change?
1: I'd like to change the way I um actually I'd like to I'd
0: like to be more receptive to love. Okay. All right. And is there an actual circumstance or situation where you feel that lack of love is in your face?
1: Not in my face, but I've had a previous experience where I feel like I um am holding back that
0: I'm I'm put up some blocks okay all right so in the current situation as it is you you're feeling blocks to love
1: yeah i think i am blocking myself to love
0: okay good so is there a limited belief a thought, uh, a negative affirmation that you hear playing in your mind a lot about it. I,
1: uh, well, I think that, that that the big one is that uh, because I've had such bad luck at having relationships, not so much friendships, but more committed
0: relationships, I feel like something's wrong with me. Okay. Now, first thing is, our experiences do not cause us to believe things. Right. Not really. We believe things, then we have an experience, which is now picturing of that belief, to help us pay attention to it and decide to change our mind. So... I know from my own experience, the ingrained belief that there was something wrong with me, it showed up in all my relationships. Yeah. Basically, all my relationships said, that's right, Jennifer, there is something wrong with you. It's deep, it's intense, it's obvious, and it's untenable. And that was the message I got all the time because that's what I believed. Mm Mm-hmm. So the world was simply reflecting back to me my own belief system so that it would be so apparent to me I might be willing to change it. Yeah. Okay. So you've got – do you happen to have your workbook there?
1: I do have my workbook.
0: Okay. So uh, page 274, I believe, and it's The prove God, My Divine Experiment. Oh, yeah. I've
1: been reading that.
0: So you're going to fill in these sections here, and everybody can do this. And this will be one of the. This is the first thing I'd like everyone who's in Masterful Living to do with their prayer partner. Is to work this section of the workbook, the Divine Experiment, with your prayer partner. Go go over it together. Are you willing to have this belief change, Caitlin? Yes good for you are you willing to believe that it can change yes I am good for you are you willing to place it on the altar and leave it there yes in other words are you willing to allow the healing to happen and not start trying to manage and cope with it yes excellent and this means that we we work at the level of the mind, not at the level of behavior modification and self improvement. Now, sometimes it can seem crazy. What do you mean? I need behavior modification. My behavior's out of control. Or I need self improvement. I'm I'm without self improvement, I just be a big job of the hut, you know, slug just sitting there all day. Um, But those, those aren't actually true. It's the belief that there's something wrong with us, that we need improvement. These are the things that keep us from taking inspired action. So it might seem like if we judge ourselves all day long, that will motivate us to eat the right foods and to do the right amount of exercise and to get out there and start dating and all of these things, but nothing could be further from the truth. In masterful living, we're willing to let all those false beliefs go. We're choosing love and gratitude, love and gratitude appreciation and gratitude opens the door to our heart it opens the door to our mind and puts us in touch with the infinite intelligence and receiving inspiration so that we can take inspired action and start to feel good about ourselves again so love and gratitude love and gratitude And so one of the things is to start to make a list of little ways that we can express love and appreciation to ourselves. And one of the ones that I find so effective and that I love to share is I started to speak to myself like someone I really cared about. And so particularly when I was upset, because I used to be upset 80% of the time, I would start to say to myself, darling, sweetheart... We're giving this to God. It's all going to be good. Everything is working together for the good. Everything. We're going to trust that. Darling, it's okay, sweetheart. What's really bothering you? So I just started to speak to myself like someone I treasured. So we're, part of that is the, having the strength of mind and developing the strength of mind to to. Place things on the altar and leave them there. And I'll talk more about that. So now, once once this belief that there's something wrong with me is gone and you feel that the healing has happened, how would you like to feel? If you no longer thought there's something wrong with me, how would you feel?
1: I feel like I would... Be joyful and free and at peace, and like everything would be alive. Everything I see would be alive.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes, because when you no longer are suppressing your happiness, because it takes tremendous effort to feel depressed. You have to really be suppressing your God self in order to feel depressed, frightened, worried, afraid, upset, hurt. And so that feeling of joy and freedom and wholeness and harmony – Feelings of wonder and excitement, anticipation, feelings of peace. All of this is what's revealed when we surrender the thought, something's wrong with me. We allow ourselves to recognize our God self.
1: Mm -hmm. We can can... write all the other stuff and it doesn't work.
0: That's right. So here's what you do in the divine experiment. It's all in the workbook. For 21 days, make the commitment to pray to know the highest and best in this situation. And I have a simple prayer there in the workbook. Bless this situation. May all concerned be blessed in all areas of their life. May all conflict be resolved and only love revealed. I am one with all concerned and I am grateful. May all beings benefit from this prayer. And so it is. Amen. So, last week I was teaching the God's Prayer, the four-stage prayer of Gratitude, offering, declaration, and share. And so you can pray that way. It's perfect. Uh, for some people, this little blessing uh, works great it depends so because you're not talking about a situation involving other people Um, you're really working with yourself which is fine you can do a divine experiment with anything and so uh, you could rewrite this little blessing or just say a prayer each day using the god's prayer Mm -hmm. And uh, as I say in here, when you decide to prove spiritual principle in your life, then you realize it works every time. And you also realize that there's not one excuse worth investing in ever again. So this is one of the most powerful things that people do in masterful living, is they start to do these divine experiments, and they start to prove God, and they get very excited because they realize, oh my God, it's true. Thought and belief combine into a power that can literally move mountains, including a mountain of my attack thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So... This is the invitation to everyone. The prayer partner assignments have been given uh I also would like to say if anybody who uh if if you in the prayer partner uh assignments um oh actually, you know what I'm gonna do here is just say uh uh Katelyn, um how does that feel to you
1: oh this sounds good yeah.
0: I mean, so I'm, I want to I want to I wanna do
1: this I want to give it over.
0: Good. You are, and it's happening now. So I encourage you to work with this every day. Are you willing to invest five minutes a day to no longer feel that there's something wrong with you? Yes, I am. There you go. Truly, that's all that you need. That willingness. And that investment. Mhm. Mhm. Keep us posted. Okay. I will. Yeah. Thank you. And Ron's raising his hand here too. Hey, Ron.
2: Hey, Jennifer. Uh I just wanted to I just wanted to mention at least in my set of books, uh, the prove God my divine experiment is in volume two, page one thirty eight.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much.
2: Okay.
0: I must have an older version that I'm looking at. My apologies. Say that again.
2: Volume 2, page
0: 138. Okay, great. That's all. Yeah, thank you, Ron. Okay, we've got someone here in Illinois raising their hand. Hey there.
1: Hey, it's Deb, and I was just going to say the same thing. Mine is in page 118 to 121 in volume one. So if you couldn't find it on the other ones, try those pages.
0: Okay, great. Thank you. And we've got someone in Texas.
1: Hey, Jennifer. Hi, group, everyone. Um, Yeah, I was going to say the same thing as Deb. My volume it's on volume one.
0: Uh, 118 and 121. Okay, great. Thank you. you. Different uh, versions of the workbook. All right. So thank you, everybody. That's really helpful. I'm going to lower all your hands. So if you'd like to raise them again, you can. Just going to take a moment here and tune in. One of my goals for us in this class is for us to to really begin to recognize that our human experience is about our having an experience of learning that our thought, our word is powerful. And so prayer is very powerful. We're joining with a high intention, aspiration, with our higher Holy Spirit self, with the Holy Spirit to know the truth that sets us free. And whenever we're thinking, especially when we really believe it, throughout our day, at any moment, it still is very powerful. Because this is how this world comes into manifestation through thought. Everything that we see in the world of form, everything that we experience in the world of form, began with a thought. So I'm inviting everyone, as you know, to read the book Zero Limits. And uh, there's some beautiful teaching in there about that. So you'll get that when you read Zero Limits, and we'll talk about that next month. What we're moving towards, what we aspire to in our Masterful Living class, is to live in this prayer without ceasing, that we're always in tune with the infinite, that we're always following divine guidance, and living from inspired action so that we're literally releasing the ego identification and remembering that our true identity is in God, in the oneness, in the wholeness. So this is what we're going for. Truly, prayer has been my greatest tool in this healing of my mind. In fact, prayer is the most powerful technology that I know of. Now, one of the places where people get tripped up about prayer is they think they know what the answered prayer looks like. Prayer is always answered. And you don't have to use words to make a powerful prayer because words are symbols. Course Miracle says words are symbols of symbols. So everything in this world is symbolic, and words are symbolic of things in this world, of symbols. Your prayer of the heart reverberates throughout the universe. It's known everywhere because there are no private thoughts. It seems like we can have private thoughts, but we can't. We can delude ourselves into believing that we don't perceive what we perceive. But in my experience of working with people one-on-one in a counseling situation, Over and over and over again, people have come to me for counseling. They're upset about what someone else is doing or not doing, someone else's choices. People are upset about them. And when I invite them to close their eyes and place their hand on their heart and tune in, and I just ask them simply, tune in to that person who you feel is upsetting you so much by their choices. And tune into them and ask what's their motivation? What's going on with them? What's motivating their choices and actions and words, experiences and feelings? What's really going on with them? Invariably, The person I'm talking with will tune in and immediately recognize, oh, this person is suffering. This person is afraid. This person is worried. This person is distressed in some way. This person is thinking negative thoughts about themselves and others, and that's what's motivating their action And I'm thinking their action is upsetting me so much, but actually what's upsetting me is they are bringing me a cry for love and compassion, and I have none. And I say I'm a spiritual student, but I have no compassion for this person. That's really what's upsetting me. Now, it may take a while to drill down to that awareness, and it definitely takes real willingness, but I've had that experience again and again and again and again with myself as well as many, many, many counseling clients over the years. So this is why I so deeply treasure the teaching in A Course of Miracles. I'm never upset for the reason I think. And that's why I always say, I'm never upset for the reason I think. I'm upset because I'm giving myself permission to believe something that's not true when I know that believing something that's not true is going to cause me suffering. So, every thought acts like a prayer. In that, all thought produces form at some level. Again, this is from the fear and conflict section in chapter two of the text of A Course in Miracles. All thought produces form at some level. There are no idle thoughts. Form is your experience. Form is your emotions. Form is the circumstances of your life. So, If you don't like the circumstances, situations, and emotions that you're experiencing, change your mind. It's the fastest way. The divine experiment that I'm talking about here is the beginning of training your mind to take responsibility and to recognize that your thoughts produce form and that you can change You can literally change the world of form by changing your thoughts about it. And this is one of the most powerful things that happens for many people over the course of the year in Masterful Living. At the end of the year, people tell me, I proved God again and again by doing divine after divine experiment after divine experiment. And I kept proving it every time, having a greater realization that my thoughts were generating my experience and my feelings about my experience. So it takes great willingness and it takes great courage to be able to do this work. And that's why we do it with community. And let me just say those community calls are beautiful. They're so beautiful. I'm so grateful for the level of authenticity and transparency and sharing. in in your community calls already. They're just so spectacular. Thank you. Um, uh, Deborah's raising her hand here again. Let's see. Hey there.
1: Hi, Uh, this is huge for me, except I don't know quite what to do with it. So uh, when you were talking about you know, being upset with the person, I had a flash of a situation and <clears throat> that actually went back to another situation, and uh, I realized this person was controlling, and they're controlling because they're so fearful, and And I have studied course a little bit, and so I understand that call for love, but I've never gotten that peace that I'm upset because I don't have any love to give her her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So then, what do you do with that? What do you, what do I do with that? Or how do I work with that? Or because I do feel like I have a lot of love, but I have recently just said to her, "I'm done. I'm done." Because I asked her, "Did she even want a relationship with me?" And she shrugged her shoulders, and I just. It was like a way, I mean, I surrendered after that and said, I'm done. If you decide you want a relationship, let me know because I want one and I love you, but I can't do it by myself. And, but then from there on out, what do you do with that? Or, you know, how do I develop more love in myself? Uh, you know, how
0: do you work with that? Yeah. Oh, you're so asking the right questions. So here's how you work with it. And first of all, working with it in prayer. So the first thing that we're doing is we're we're making an offering and we're surrendering. So we're offering even that which we think we want. We're surrendering it giving it over we're we're giving up the attachment to what we think we want and we're also giving up any negative thoughts that we have making an offering of them the blocks to love so first let me just say this deborah in the one mind in the one life the one power and the one presence of god that we're all part of Our beingness is eternal and infinite. It seems as though we're a body and our life is finite, but that's not true. That's part Mm -hmm. of the illusion that we're working with. In truth, we are infinite and eternal. Mm -hmm. So if we're infinite and eternal, so are our relationships. If we're one with everyone and we're eternal how can we ever be done with a relationship? It's not even possible, but we can Mm -hmm. say, I'm done with you in this lifetime. But when we do that, is that the most loving stance? No.
1: Right. And I get that.
0: Right. However, it's important to honor your feelings. So, In truth, are you done with love?
1: Well I definitely can't find my heart in much lately. And that's so opposite of how I used to feel that I mean, you know, if you can't find your heart if you can't feel Yeah. I would call that done. I mean, I don't think we're ever done with that either, but I'm certainly blocked with it.
0: Yeah, so your mind is feeling closed. And it's showing up as your experience. And I don't know, I don't think there's one person in this class that can't relate to that. I think it's a a part of our human experience for most of us. I I
1: just have, there has been so many losses and transitions and mm-hmm. grieving that it's just been so painful that I, I think I had to shut off my feelings because I'm usually such a, an emotional person, you know, mm-hmm. too much almost, but sometimes, but. Now it's like nothing, and I don't know what to do with that either.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So for me to even get to this point where I feel like I could cry for days right now is helpful for me, I think.
0: Yep. Yep, definitely. Uh, it, it. Yeah, crying is good. It really is. It's releasing and it's it's healing. There are blocks to love and patterns that get released when we allow ourselves to cry. And it's extremely valuable to pay attention to the thoughts that come into your mind while you're crying. Well, and. Uh, Go ahead. It would be
1: it would be that sharp prayer, Help me now God. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good. Good. That's wonderful. That's tremendous willingness. And it will be answered. And our our prayers are not answered the way we think we'd like. So we learn to trust that The answer prayer is showing up and we learn to be mindful, not to reject it. So you are what I'm hearing you say is you would like to have your heart open to love, to be loving and compassionate fully, not just more loving and more compassionate, but to be your true loving, compassionate, joyful, fun, loving, happy self. Yes. To feel free. I've actually been saying
1: I I can't find my heart. I can't feel my heart. I can't feel anything
0: anymore. Okay. So when you start to have that thought, I'm going to invite you to shift it right away. Yeah. Okay. So when when you hear yourself say, I can't find my heart, shift it into... You might say, in in this moment, that's how it feels, and I'm willing to find my heart and live from my heart fully and completely in each and every moment. I'm willing to live a heart-centered life. Start to make affirmations of willingness. Because uh, it's very common for people who are in this experience that you're having, which is such a common experience for spiritual students and all kinds of uh, people, uh, it's it is to make negative affirmations. I can't feel love. I can't feel joy. There is no joy. I don't feel joy. And making those affirmations again and again and again. And so when you hear those in your mind... <clears throat> Take the the lessons from this prayer power class and flip it and say, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing. And if you're feeling irritated or upset or even deadened and depressed and, and down about it, take the energy of that and use it to make powerful affirmations of willingness. So in my experience, there have been times when I have felt very frustrated or irritated, and I take that energy of the emotion. It's like energy in motion, emotion. Take that energy and use it in a powerful, positive affirmation. So you might be feeling afraid or angry or hurt or de- even depressed and to say – or dead. You know, you might feel dead. But to, to find any kind of emotion that you can and put it into a positive affirmation. For instance, like you're – if somebody's feeling irritated – Start saying, I love my life. I'm so grateful for the good in my life. Good is happening to me now. I'm so receptive to love. I've never been more receptive to love like that. Yeah, and really because you get to express the emotion rather than keep it trapped in the physical body. And we only keep it trapped in the physical body as a way of saying you do not deserve to feel free. You don't deserve to express your feelings. Your feelings are bad. Your emotions are bad. They're wrong. They're inappropriate. And so are you. These are all the kinds of thoughts and belief patterns that we have around expressing our emotions. But even if you do it kind of, you know, sometimes you have to do things silently, you know, you have to go into the the bathroom stall at work and silently, you know, do it, but you can still express it. You know, you can still mm. get it out. Maybe you could take five minutes to go out to your car and sit in your car and do it in your car. You know, uh this depends on where you are, but I know the powerful effect of it it breaks the energy up and it it helps you move from feeling powerless, stuck, and afraid into uh open, receptive, available, empowered so it's it's actually quite remarkable how quickly it works to shift the energy. And again, as with everything in these classes, I'm going to give you so many tools and things that you can use so that you you have a tool available to you in every moment so that you don't feel helpless anymore. So the the thought that I'm done with this relationship is a very common thought. I just want to ask people here, uh, I'm going to ask invite everyone who has ever had that thought, I'm done with this relationship. I am out of here. This is over. If you've ever had that thought, will you just press star 2 on your keypad and raise your hand? Oh, there they all come everybody's everybody's raising their hand yeah everybody's raising their hand okay all right good okay so all right in truth not everybody raised their hand but the vast majority of people raised their hands so you're in good company deborah very good company and uh That's that's ego thinking at its finest, because that's that's really separation. And, of course, it's deeply upsetting. It's very discouraging. When we go into that mindset of thinking, we start to feel hopeless. And that's what I'm hearing you say. You've been feeling hopeless. Yes. Yeah. I'm feeling more hopeful
1: since I've been in this class, because it's reconnecting me with my... Spirit again, or I don't even know how to word it, but uh, yes,
0: in general, yeah. So you started by saying that your friend, it, 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 she seems to have a controlling personality,
1: right? hmm and,
0: uh, and do you do you like feeling controlled by her?
1: Well, it wasn't so much with me as. Uh, with her kids, different things that I found out in the last year, and, and this is family. Different things that I found out that she was doing, and so when I when you said that, and I pictured I pictured that incident, and I asked those questions. I mean, she was with her kids throwing down when they didn't put the cookbook back in the exact spot that she got it from. They got it from. Mm-hmm. When it was to cook the meal, she would take it out and throw it, slam it on the floor. It was like abuse, you know. It was yeah. abuse, yeah. like abuse. And so
0: Were you judging her for that behavior?
1: Well, no, probably me because I thought that things were better and then I found out they weren't and I felt like I should have. Yeah, I was judging me should. Um mm-hmm. uh, I I thought I had done enough work myself around that issue that I should have been able to help.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So the judger always feels judged is what I realized. The attacker always feels attacked. The judger always feels judged. And the lover always feels beloved so in our class here we're learning to be the lover and to feel beloved so we're doing that by surrendering the judgments the thoughts of lack and attack and so what I've learned in relationship is the fastest path to healing is to turn the relationship over to the Holy Spirit and to ask the Holy Spirit to make it holy. And then what's going to happen, and we're going to go into this in depth in our relationship classes. What's going to happen is you're going to have opportunities to either love and be compassionate or to be judgmental and to think thoughts of lack and attack. And so, you know when you've chosen the thoughts of lack, attack, and judgment because how you feel. You don't feel uplifted. You don't feel inspired. You don't feel free. You don't feel joyful and happy. That's how you know you're thinking thoughts of lack and attack. So, uh, what, what happens in masterful living is that people become very aware that they are choosing their thoughts. And that they have an opportunity to get in that gap and make a different choice. Or if they've made an unloving choice, to now reboot into a loving choice. And so we just start to see more clearly and make new choices and new choices. And we begin to spiral up into more ease more grace and more freedom so instead of saying i'm done with this relationship how about saying i'm done with the ego driving my relationships yeah Mm -hmm. so if you hear because you'll hear it again in your mind i'm done with this relationship i can't do this anymore when you hear that say the truth is i'm done with the ego driving my relationships and I'm not letting the ego drive my relationships anymore. I'm handing it all over to the Holy Spirit. And I am willing to be guided and inspired into loving action. Yeah, that's
1: great. I love that. I just need the words to say to help
0: shift yeah. it. And you just
1: it yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and and the more you practice with those words remember the transcript you can find them in the transcript the more you do it and the more prayerful your life is the more healing you experience the easier it becomes to recognize all these wonderful opportunities to choose love Mhm. so thank you for that that was really helpful for all of us thank you yeah yeah I know All right, I am going to go. We've got a bunch of comments here in the workbook. Um, And uh, uh, let's see. Yes, you can do a divine experiment around a health problem. Absolutely. Yes. In fact, the more you see a physical form to it, the more you help yourself prove God. Uh, when you shift something in form. Uh, yes, I can explain how to make an altar in your home. Uh, let me say briefly about an altar. Some people don't feel comfortable having an altar in their home. Some people get excited about it. So there's no right or wrong to it. Uh, I, I like to have an altar in every room. Or something that feels like an altar even in the kitchen and so you can do it with any number of things a white candle uh, oh I always use a white candle white candles are great Um, you can uh, offer incense and smudge and smoke and things like that Um, the candle white candle is the fire offering And you can use symbols. For me, one of the best symbols is a heart. Another of my favorite symbols is Kuan Yin, the goddess of compassion, and Mother Mary, who in a sense is the goddess of the immaculate heart. So, Kuan Yin and Mother Mary, to me, i am always got them with me. I aspire to, uh, that immaculate heart, that compassionate heart. Uh, Kuan Yin is also the Bodhisattva, who is that one who has taken a vow not to, um, to walk with all humanity until everyone is awakened. And I, I really love resonating with that. Uh, Bodhisattva, and uh, so the question is, what about if others are freaked out about you having an altar? Well, let's not energize the thought that anyone would be freaked out, so let's not prepare for it. That's my feeling. You can make an altar if you feel more comfortable about it. Um, You can put flowers, images of flowers, um, rainbows. Uh, No one else has to know it's an altar. To to others, it could be a knick-knack corner. Uh, You can use a beautiful cloth over a table or atop a, a bookshelf. Uh, I I think it's great to have a God jar or a God box where you can place things that uh, prayer requests in a sense. Like you could say, write down, um, I'm giving this relationship to the Holy Spirit. Put it on a little piece of paper. Put it in your God box or your God jar. Uh, sometimes on retreats, I will... We'll, make our own god boxes or god jars and decorate them. It's a lot of fun. Uh, You can do anything you like in the workbook. I don't have any rules about how to do it uh, uh, at all. I'm not interested in having rules. I'm interested in you following inspiration and guidance. So I'm going to suggest things to do in the workbook Uh, workbooks as we go along and I just will keep emphasizing that none of it is required because some people want to do it perfectly and they're being driven by the ego some people feel badly that they're not doing it uh, more better (laughs) to use poor English Um, and uh, all that's just judgment. So the thing is to give yourself permission to move from inspiration, and that's really the goal here. Um, one of the things that I would like everyone to read about is the one-day Vipassana meditation, V-I-P-A-S-S-A-N-A. It's not really a one-day Vipassana But it's a powerful, transformative, one-day, contemplative exercise that you can read about in the workbook. And I'm inviting you to make a plan to do it. Now, over the years, people have been in Masterful Living for years before they finally do their Vipassana day, their Contemplation Day. And they are afraid to do it. And they put it off and put it off and put it off. And then they discover, oh, my God, I have just been putting off my healing. What was I so afraid of? So here is the instruction, basically. I'm going to reiterate it here, even though it's really clear in the workbook. (laughs) Um, You plan for a day. To spend by yourself you're investing in yourself and you're healing and during the day you're not going to do anything so you plan your food ahead of time I know that some people have pets and animals that they need to take care of so if it's at all possible to have somebody else take care of them either you go somewhere else for the day or uh Someone comes and takes your pets, if possible, so that there's nothing that you need to do that day. You can shower the night before so that you don't even need to shower that day. And during the day of Vipassana, you're not doing anything all day. So you don't have much meal preparation. You don't need to do the dishes. They can wait till the next day. Uh, you're not going for walks. You're not doing yoga. You're not listening to music. You're not meditating. You're not even praying. You're not journaling. You're not reading. You're not doing anything. No yoga. You're not doing stretching exercises. If your physical health requires you to do something, obviously, please do that. But the whole idea is to spend, to invest yourself for the entire day, in listening to your thoughts. Now, for some people, this sounds like hell. It sounds like a nightmare. Uh, a, a, a large number of people, many, many people will do just about anything to avoid listening to their thoughts. However, taking that day of contemplation and listening to your thoughts will inevitably bring you a breakthrough from the negative thinking. I'm wondering if there's anybody listening on the line now who has done this. Maybe a year two or year three student who's done this is willing to just share a couple words about it. Star two to raise your hand. Okay, it says anonymous here. Hi, Jennifer's Mary. Hey, Mary.
1: I did it uh, last year as a student. Masterful Living 1, I spent probably three quarters of the day with the critical mind. And finally, you know, I just kept uh, um, standing up to my ego and telling my ego I don't have to listen to that, that's not the truth. And after the the last part of the day before I went to bed, I finally started to feeling feeling peaceful. But for me it was it was a challenge to switch off the critical mind. So now I'm actually looking into going for the 10 day. You know, a year later I'm trying to schedule myself for the 10 day at 27 Palms. Oh Be- great. I know there's great great learning.
0: Mhm. Beautiful. Thank you. Do you feel like it brought you benefit, Mary?
1: Yeah, I really realized, you know, in that um what you just shared about speaking to yourself with a with a tender, soft voice, that is what really came to me, how nurturing that is and how cruel I've been to myself for no reason. Mm no reason at all and that god does love me and that i am god and so it was it was this, my ego it, it felt like my ego was dismantling but it just has such a strong grip on me that it was um it was it was not a comfortable process but i realized the towards the end the peace that i felt that that it that it was definitely worth it um and it was inspiring because it is just so much ego in your mind that you're preoccupied with the past mm-hmm. or the future, you know. And I had to unravel all that before I could actually allow myself to be peaceful in the present moment and the now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was it was very beneficial. I, I was really quite surprised.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. That was very well said. I appreciate it, Mary. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. One of the things I'd like to share with you, and this this is, often comes up during the prayer power classes, that you start to feel this tremendous resistance, that your, your higher self, your holy self, will start to say to you throughout the day, pray about that. Put that on the altar. And the ego will say, I don't want to. I'm not doing that. It's not going to work. And all of those kinds of thoughts. So when you start to pray, That technology, the prayer technology, is so powerful that it starts to shine a light on the ego thoughts. And so it can seem like the ego gets louder. And that's one of the things that happens in masterful living is most people go through a period where it seems like the ego gets louder. The ego wants you to quit. The ego does not want to be dissolved and made powerless and have you remember your true identity and start to live as an empowered, loving, beautiful, radiate being. So the ego is going to show up in the form of resistance and reluctance. Resistance and reluctance is evidence that the healing is happening. Because when you're not healing, there's no resistance and reluctance. You're just not healing. But when you start to really feel strong resistance and reluctance, it means that you are really moving into a healing mode. And so... The ego is going to talk you out of praying. The ego is going to talk you out of prayer partners. The ego is going to try to talk you out of everything that will dissolve the ego. Trust me, I have dealt with this. I have been exhausted by it. And this is why I feel absolutely compelled to share these teachings and to have a community of like-minded souls who are doing it together because to... A large degree, I did a lot of this myself. I did have prayer partners. I did have people I could talk to about it, but I I didn't know people who were inspired to do the level of work that I'm doing. I didn't. Who really wanted to awaken. Who are really choosing to awaken. So one of the things is when you notice the resistance and the reluctance, remember this. It acts like a tension. So you may be aware of those. uh, Think of a wind-up toy. The more you wind it up, at some point you can't wind it any further. It's got to be released. Or you think of those Airplanes that have an elastic band, a rubber band in them that you wind it up and then you, it can fly. Well, the resistance and the reluctance often acts that way. It creates a tension. It's becomes so uncomfortable. You can't stand it anymore and you feel motivated to take action or to do something. Oftentimes when there's lots of resistance and reluctance, you'll notice that you're tempted to go into all kinds of self-medication to drown out those feelings so that you don't have to feel the tension anymore. What I'm inviting you to do here is to pray. And it could be just help me now. Holy Spirit, this tension this resistance this reluctance i hand it over i'm willing to have a healing if if you have the presence of mind and the willingness to do the god's prayer gratitude offering declaration and share great if you have the ability to call your prayer partner or to text your prayer partner or something or to put something in the facebook group I, I'm, I'm feeling tremendous resistance right now, and I'm willing to let it go. Your prayers are appreciated. Any little thing, trust me, it's more powerful than you can even imagine. So the main thing I'd like you to, to recognize about resistance and reluctance is the more intense it is, the bigger the breakthrough that is about to be yours, if you're willing. If you are willing, you will have a big breakthrough. The stronger the resistance, the bigger the breakthrough that is imminent, that is available to you if you are willing to choose it. If you don't choose it now, it will represent itself to you, but why delay? We've delayed and delayed. We've found the most distracting coping mechanisms ever. We've all just become masters of delay. Enough. We're not interested in that anymore. Um And remember that gratitude and appreciation transform the energy every time. The more you pray, the more aware of the patterns you'll become. Remember, awareness is curative. Healing the patterns is most of the work. All right. I, I'd like to get into a bunch of other things. Uh, I see that, uh, Judy, I see that you raised your hand. I'm just going to quickly call on you. Hey, Judy. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> I can. Yes.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I didn't. I mean, this is the first time I've done this for a living, but when you talk about these things, I'll, it'll bring up memories of things I've done before uh-huh. that I kind of had lost touch with. Uh huh. I used to go to this place. They have in uh was outside of Tulsa. It's called Forest of Peace. And I would go there for a a retreat, like a weekend, and you could do a, you just rent a cabin. You know, you didn't have to rent it. You went and stayed in this cabin. You could make a peace offering if you wanted, I mean an offering. But I would go there for a weekend of just silence or even talking with people, just time there by myself, staying there in a place where it was just totally Isolated, and I didn't have to do anything and it was it is it's an incredible experience, and you get so in touch with um God and that um peace
0: in yourself, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's great. And most of us have something like that that's not too far if we're willing to look for it. Also, if you search for labyrinths in your neighborhood, that's often a great thing as well. Yeah, thanks for that, Judy. Sure. All right. Uh, someone is asking this is a great question about the law of cause and effect if we're praying to be more loving does this mean it's just going to keep giving us more negative experiences to overcome so that we can prove we are loving well here's the thing if you if life is always presenting you with opportunities to be more loving that never stops If we're praying to be more loving, what's going to happen is you're going to start to recognize more of them. It may begin to seem like there are more of them. It's like if people say, I'd like to be more patient, then all of a sudden they're going to be aware of how impatient they are. And it may seem like they have more experiences that offer them the opportunity to practice patience but more likely it's just they're more aware of them now because of the prayer and remember too that if what you're praying for like some people say oh i'm praying for a new car oh i'm praying for a wonderful spouse oh i'm praying for more money well the person who's praying for more money really what the answer is to release all the blocks to the flow of abundance and prosperity. Abundance and prosperity are your true nature. Love is your true nature. Harmony is your true nature. These spiritual qualities of life are your true nature. The only reason you're not experiencing them fully and completely all of the time and feeling in the flow of all the spiritual qualities is because we have blocks in our mind to them. So we're praying to release those blocks to know the truth of our being, which is I am prosperous, I am abundant, I am loving, I am loved, I am free. So We can't be any more free than we already are. We can't be any more pure than we already are. We can't be any more beautiful than we already are, except in our mind, we can think that it's so, and if we think it, then we're going to experience it. The more we believe that we're in lack and limitation, the more we're experiencing it. So this is why we're praying to let the false beliefs be dissolved and resolved and to be totally willing to just be our true identity. And it gets so much easier as we go along. All right. I'm going to uh, close this out of our prayer power class, and then I'm going to just talk for a few minutes uh, about some masterful living things. So I'm going to close this out here with a prayer I'm so grateful and so thankful that love is all that there is and all that we are. Once again, we partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self in gratitude, deep gratitude, that our true identity and our true nature is perfect, whole, complete, beautiful, beyond measure. We are the living, loving presence of God. Our hands are the hands of God. Our mind is the mind of God. And we're cultivating the total willingness that's happening now. So we're surrendering all blocks to love. Surrendering all resistance and reluctance. And cultivating the willingness to know the truth that sets us free. (sighs) Ah. so grateful and so thankful to allow our healing to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 (sighs) Beautiful. Kathy in Chicago says, it has happened to me and Akash says hi Jennifer in the song of prayer it says God is the goal of all true prayer and how I understand that is that we need not concern ourselves with specifics in our divine experiment and praying over specific situations is it that you are teaching us to join with God and that the keys in the healing that the keys in the healing the key is in the healing I'm not sure I understand that. However, I am going to be talking about the song of prayer uh, next week. So we don't need to concern ourselves with specifics. That's why I invite you in the divine experiment to look at how it feels and how, how it feels now and how you'd like to feel in the future. Focusing on that and being willing to change your mind about it. All right, Uh, now, first of all, I'd just like to see if anybody has any specific questions about the logistics of Masterful Living, any specific questions. All right, in Texas. Hi, Jennifer. It's Grace again. Um, hey, Grace.
1: I am wondering are we supposed to, I mean, not supposed to, but did you ask us to read or to buy the audio CD for At Zero or Zero Limits?
0: Zero Limits is what I'm suggesting everybody read, and, and I do love the audio book.
1: Okay. I don't know how I, where I heard At Zero. So uh, is, I guess At Zero is just a continuation of Zero Limits?
0: You know, I'm not familiar with that work, and the ones that I recommend are in the book recommendations on the website. So on the right-hand side, if you uh, you'll see them listed there. Uh, you can click on book recommendations, and it goes, takes you right to the Amazon bookstore where things are listed. You don't have to buy them, of course, from the Amazon bookstore, but at least you can see what they are exactly.
1: Okay, thank you, Jennifer.
0: You are welcome. So star two, if anybody would like to ask any other logistical questions, and you can type in a question as well. Uh, Let's see here. Rob is raising his hand. Hey there. What's your question, Rob?
2: Okay, my question is, is there, and there probably is, I just haven't, haven't looked, is there a list of the... I don't want to, the word that comes to mind is assignments, but I know that everything most everything is, is optional. But a list of 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 what, for lack of a better better word, task we're supposed to do, and when it's done by. Like for example, I just realized I haven't no. done my contract. and So is there a list of things that on the website that? No.
0: No, and you know what, I I get that people are really asking me for that, and um, my guidance is very strong not to do that, so I I was tempted because – a number of people were asking can i please have a list that i would send an email about that but when i tune in my guidance says don't do it only the egos really looking for that to get it wrong or to get it right and to have an excuse to quit or to try and pat myself on the back and um that's just not what masterful living is about but i i understand I said not to make anybody wrong about that but the, the thing is, is that I will keep making suggestions of things to do and references to the workbook throughout the year, and uh, you can do all of the workbooks at any point in time and I'll be going through uh all these different pieces of the workbook as we go through the year. One of the things that people can use if they like the worksheet. The worksheet is designed for and it's there's an explanation there in the workbook about how to work with the worksheet. It's designed for people who like to have a visual representation of the work that they're doing and for people who Uh, are looking for more encouragement, sometimes that worksheet is really helpful to them because you can put hearts or stars or whatever you like in the worksheet as you do the different things and you start to see it's like a, a... A chart or a graph of how much you're investing and then you can look at your life and how much it's changing and see oh these weeks I invested very little and things were not so great that week these weeks I invested a lot oh and things really shifted those weeks so it's for people who like to have visual representation Uh, the a lot of the things in the workbook Are to help people to start journaling and working with the deeper issues Um, from my experience this most of the workbooks came through as a total divine guidance I was amazed at how powerful these uh, inquiries are and these suggestions are I have to say I wish oh my god if I had had a workbook like this when I was doing this stuff I would have been so grateful if any of my classes had offered me this kind of death. I would have been so grateful. Uh, so I encourage you to be inspired and to work with it from a place of inspiration. And uh, you can always pick up the workbook and find something to read, something to do uh, according to your willingness. But again, many people will, if you give them an opportunity to do something like write the contract, as, as we talked about in the early weeks of the class, in the New Year's Intentions classes, uh, talking about, um, writing your contract for the year, making a vision board, those things are all totally optional and, Some people, when they first make a contract, they will make such a list of goals and things to do that I can tell right away that within a couple of weeks, they're going to collapse under the weight of it. They won't be able to do it. They'll feel like a failure and they'll withdraw from the class. You know, so people will have a goal, I'm going to do a workbook lesson every day. Uh, I'm going to meditate for a half an hour in the morning and a half hour in the evening every day. Well, within a week, they will have, oftentimes, they will have failed. And now, oh, I can't do this. You see, this is not possible for me. I tried and I failed. But what happened was the ego was driving the contract, driving the goals, driving the list of to-dos. It's the ego's to-do list that you are suffering with. And uh, the ego then does a big uh, big party, big party when you collapse under the weight of it and you give up and you say, I can't do it. I tried, I can't do it. So then, I mean, I used to live that way all the time. And I I always thought, you know, when I – die they should put on my tombstone she tried she really tried but she just couldn't do it it was too hard seriously and that's how i used to feel when i would collapse into self-medication drinking smoking eating I would do it all, you know, while watching television, just binge, binge, binge everything I could think of. And I would be collapsing under the weight of it. And I would just think, I just couldn't do it. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not willing enough. I don't have what it takes. Please tell them I tried. I just couldn't do it. And so... I'm not interested in giving the ego any kind of fuel like that. I know it's frustrating to some people that I don't give you assignments, but that's not what this class is about. I'm giving you opportunities, expansion opportunities. Take them or don't take them. But the main thing is cultivate a prayerful life. Realize the power of your word. Do a divine experiment. Work with your prayer partner. Show up for yourself. Listen to the classes as best you can. If you fall a month behind, it doesn't matter to anyone but you. Your prayer partner will still talk with you. Everything is working together for your good. So that's a long answer, Rob. I hope I hope that's okay with you.
2: Actually, uh, it's fine. Um, and uh, can I make a suggestion about the workbook? Sure. Okay. Um, is that. Uh, I was looking through it briefly.
0: Is this a suggestion for others who are working with it? Uh,
2: no. I will just send you an email. Okay. Okay, perfect. Great. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Rob. Great. Great. Oh, and. Uh, Morris is on a call. Please, you know, call me. You are my prayer partner if there's okay. an issue. All
0: right. Rob, I'm just going to beat you out on that because we're so far over time. Okay. So, you've, everybody who uh, has not, uh, who has the option for a prayer partner, who's taken that option, not let me know that you don't wish a prayer partner, um, everyone that has the workbooks, uh has been given a, a prayer partner and um if for any reason you won't be able to have a prayer partner you think uh let us know immediately and if your prayer partner does not respond to you within a week or so and you you try emailing them or calling them a couple of times and they don't respond to you, please let us know because sometimes people just don't get emails. They just don't get them. And uh uh I know that happens to me all the time. People just don't get my emails or I don't get theirs. So, and for those of you who haven't sent your contracts yet, it's never too late to send it. And uh just please put contract in the subject line. I know I have a bunch of emails over the weekend. I've been taking some downtime over the last week. Uh so I have a, a bunch of emails to catch up on and that is on my agenda for the next 2 days. And I uh I think that's all the questions. So I love you. Remember you can post questions in the Facebook group too and have a great week. Mwah!